Hi, and welcome to the DIY Photo Organizing Podcast, focusing on topics to help you with your photo management. I'm Chantelle from Photos in Order. And I'm Fiona from Photo Helper. Hi, Chantelle. How Hello, are you? Hello, Fiona. Very good. How are you? Fabulous. Thanks. So today, our episode is about converting old media to digital, and we are thrilled to chat with our very special guest, Adam Pratt from Chaos to Memories. Hi, Adam, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, guys. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation, and I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I must say, Chantelle, I'm very excited <laughs> <laughs> because I have to say that Adam probably, well, he would be definitely be um, seen as like a giant in our industry. Would you agree? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, it's true. It really is. Um, Adam's been just such a, a great influencer in our industry. So it really is a privilege to have him on board today. So let me just fill you guys in a little bit about Adam um, and why we're excited to have him on board today. Um, Adam Pratt is the founder of Chaos to Memories, where he helps families enjoy their photos again with archival scanning, video conversion, digital photo organising, um, and also a whole range of other things with trainings and courses. Um, so Adam's based in Chicago and he works with clients um, locally and throughout the US and all around the world. So Adam, welcome and thanks so much for joining us today. I'd just like to jump in and start off. Um, if you can just share with us and our listeners a little bit about um, how you found yourself in this fabulous industry and business in photo organising. Yeah. Um, well, I do agree with you that it's fabulous. I really love the work that we get to do. Um, we often start with our own projects, and that's part of my story. Uh, but I love helping clients with their projects as well. And it wasn't obvious to me uh, that I was going to get into this work, but it probably should have been. Uh, hindsight's always clearer. But <laughs> I have... Um, about 25 years of experience in scanning. So, you know, all sorts of equipment and types of scanners. So scanning images, I've got, you know, at least that much time in graphic design as well. And I've also spent a lot of time just in technology in general, software, hardware, digital photography, video, all of these realms. And uh, about 10 years ago, I kind of found my own passion for preserving and organizing my family photos and videos. So I got all of that uh, scanned and organized and preserved and loved it and started to realize that this was the natural overlap of all those past experiences that I had had. Mm. And then I started to wonder, am I the only one? Does anybody <laughs> else need help with this? Uh, and I quickly found out that I was not the only one. And apparently you guys mm. have found the same thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's very true. That's very true. Um, so, yeah, that look, I think it's so great that, um, you know, when you've got a passion for this for yourself, then it is a very natural sort of extension to be able to um, to really reach out and help others. And that's your, that's your nature in, in a lot of different ways. So I think that that um, it sounds like. So how long have you been in business for now then, Adam? Yeah, so um, my business I launched about two and a half years ago. So I'm, I haven't been doing this for other clients for very long, but I have been doing this professionally for literally 20 plus years. I started, again, scanning content and I was managing digital archives of photos, videos, even I've even managed audio archives. 
Um, so I've been doing this for a long time, but I'm doing it in a new way now, uh, just in oh, the last yeah. couple of years. Mm. Oh, that's great. So as we're talking about today, um, you know, on our podcast, we, we, we sort of touch on a whole range of, of different things, but we thought with your experience, we would focus today on converting media and just sort of helping our listeners look at some of the options that might be available to them, some of the mysterious things that they might find in their cupboards <laughs> and things like that. Um, so just along those lines of um, talking about the different types of media, what would you say um, are the different types that we might find, say, even in your own sort of cupboards and things you've come across for yourself um, for different types of media that needs converting, say, so that we can uh, enjoy them today and ongoing? Yeah, um, great question. If I were to paint broad brushstrokes, I think we could put it in three categories that might be helpful. Uh, and we can talk more specifically, but the really broad categories are anything you can see, anything you can watch, like a video, mm -hmm. and anything you can hear. Um, so, you know, photography, video, audio, all of those can be captured and preserved, recorded and shared digitally. Um, thinking about some specific examples like in photography, you know, everybody is familiar with photo prints and uh, like 35 millimeter negatives, maybe slides, mm -hmm. things like that. But I get a lot of crazy stuff. Sometimes even I'm surprised. Um, I've had a few formats come to me this year that I didn't even know existed before. So I like the, <laughs> I like the discovery of it all. Um, mm. But there's all sorts of stuff out there, different formats, old formats or obscure formats. Um, and with a little bit of research, um, you can really, you know, scan or convert really any of that stuff. But those are the three categories mm. that I think about. So... For us as photo organisers, of course, it is sort of quite obvious that conversion is part of what we do, um, whether we do it ourselves or, you know, we work with somebody who is specialised like you. So, but often people are or might be hesitant to, to convert their old media. Have you come across that? And do you, you know, what would be the reasons why they're hesitant? Yeah, um, some folks definitely are hesitant. Um, a couple patterns have emerged for me as I've worked with clients. Uh, the, the first obstacle is people just don't realize that it can be converted. I think most people are familiar with like a flatbed scanner, mm -hmm. um, which has been around for decades, hasn't really, you know, changed much, but most people are familiar with that and scanning, you know, like a photo print they don't even know that a negative or a slide can be scanned. I have clients surprised all the time. And I say, well, not only can we, but we should, because mm. you'll probably get a better result from that, that negative. So just awareness that it's even possible is one of the first big obstacles. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. I never really thought about that. So, and, and in general, you know, as photo organizers, that's also a big part of our work to actually educate people and, and give them the information and tell them what we can do. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. The, the other one of the other challenges is the fact that, you know, people come to me and they have like maybe old videotapes. They don't even know what they're called, right? Like we yes. just not everybody has the vocabulary for it. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't really have the vocabulary and they also 
uh, oftentimes they don't have the devices, right? No, mm-hmm. very, very few people has a, have a VCR anymore. Yeah. Or maybe they have the old like small video camera tapes like Video 8 or Hi8, mm-hmm. things like that. But maybe they don't have the camera anymore or the battery's dead because it's, you know, 25 mm-hmm. years old. It doesn't charge anymore. <laughs> yeah. so, th- so they think they're kind of at a dead end. Uh, but the good news is they can connect with an expert, uh, somebody local that they trust, and, and they yeah. can get that stuff preserved. So do you actually convert all these different formats yourself or do you also work with other people for certain formats? Yeah, so I do virtually everything. The only format that I don't do myself by hand is Super 8. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get a lot of that format and the equipment to do it well is rather expensive. Uh, so I do want to have it done well, but I haven't made that investment. I have a local partner that I work with on that, but everything else... All of the videotape formats, uh, all of the scanning, the audio conversion, I do I do that myself and I really enjoy it. Um, I've worked in digital so much and for so many years that to get my hands on some old photos or some videotapes is kind of fun again. Mm. <laughs> so one of the things, just jumping into it, like you were talking about with the, um, with the actual sort of the the practical side of how to scan. So people that are listening, um, you know, on the podcast, because, you know, it's really a DIY, they're they're sort of exploring the options, I guess, of doing this themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's always it's always nice to sort of give a few sort of tips and tricks of, of options that they may maybe try to look at. So um, I know just from our listeners' point of view, they may not be aware of um, a thing called camera scanning, um, which is a whole new world in its in itself um, and awareness that people can sort of try. Are you? I know you're an expert in this and, and you're actually finishing and, and doing a course for, to help train people and teach people to do this themselves um, through that method. Can you just shed some light on... Um, like you just touched on the flatbed scanning, but this other option called camera scanning? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a topic I'm passionate about. Uh, (laughs) I love it. Um, As Again, most of us are familiar with flatbed scanners, and these are pretty affordable and they're pretty flexible. So for just a couple hundred dollars uh, in any currency around the world, they're pretty Mm -hmm. modestly priced, and you can scan, you know, flat photos, Many of them, even at a modest price, will allow you to scan slides and negatives, which is nice. Um, the downside is it's pretty slow. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's a, any kind of scanning is tedious. Let, let's just get that out there. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but the flatbeds tend to be pretty slow. Uh, the work that I've been doing the last couple of years is all camera scanning, as you mentioned. So mm-hmm. I use kind of a custom rig, like with a copy stand and light sources and special film carriers, along with a really high resolution. We're talking like 50 plus megapixel professional camera Mm -hmm. and um, it sounds a little funny to take pictures of old pictures but I can (laughs) Mm -hmm. actually get higher quality higher resolution and I can get the job done faster than I could ever do with like a flatbed scanner and even if people aren't familiar with this um, it's growing in popularity and it's commonly done at really great institutions like museums, libraries, archives. Mm -hmm. This is how most high-end scanning is done these days. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's fun to be a part of that. Yeah. Wow, that's great. And so if someone's, say, doing this themselves, is that – okay, so this is a bit of a crude question about phone. uh, This is like to your ears. It's like, (laughs) no, 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 don't tell me. 
if someone's thinking, oh, I'll just use my phone and take photos of scanning that way, say I've got mm-hmm. a camera, it's on my phone, what advice would you give if people, I mean, there's apps out there and things like that. What's your take on that as an option for people to yeah. capture these? Yeah. Yeah, good question. So I don't want to rain on anybody's parade. Um, <laughs> I would say that um, if I had to choose between an app on my phone and say like a $200 scanner, I would pick the $200 scanner every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, despite all the market, like I love my iPhone. I have a brand new iPhone. I really like it. But despite all the marketing, it's not the best sensor mm-hmm. in the camera and not the best lens, in my opinion, to preserve your like really precious family photos or your grandmother's photo or whatever, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the catch, the, the way I look at this is, uh, the as I mentioned, the process of scanning is tedious. So if you're gonna take all of this time to get everything out and gather it and organize it and stack it and sequence it, the bulk of the time is there, really. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna do all of that work, I would suggest take a little bit more time and a little bit more money and at least do it on a flatbed. You're gonna get better results and that way you're gonna only have to do this one time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, want, I want people to be successful with this um, and my concern would be the phone is kind of quick and convenient, uh, but the quality probably isn't what most people expect and mm-hmm. I, would, I would just be sad if you had to do it again. Mm. I am and that's, sorry yeah, go, no, no, you <laughs> go. That, talking about the, the camera and scanning I'm just thinking you know in practical terms so you take a picture of a picture um, mm-hmm. how about the post processing uh, so I imagine you have to crop them all or do you still have to adjust you know color and things or or is it pretty much done when once you've got a good setup and you've got all your settings and, and lighting right that you yeah. don't actually have to process it much more in the digital world? Um, there is a little bit of processing. I wish it was instant and perfect, <laughs> but um, there are enough variables with old photos that there is a bit of processing. Um, the good news is that a lot of it can be automated. So, for example, I actually just finished a pretty big project scanning uh, about 16,000 negatives for a client. Wow. And wow. so lots of scanning. Yeah. But most of them are the same format. Uh, kind of similar era, and so I uh, I do have post processing to do, like cropping and things like mm. that. But when I can do that in batch, like thousands at a time, mm. um, it it speeds up the process. So mm-hmm. definitely some work, but not as tedious as it might sound. Mm. And you do everything in Lightroom, I assume. I do. Yeah, I do all of my organizing in Adobe Lightroom Classic, and I actually use that for scanning as well, which sounds a little weird because, you know, Lightroom isn't a scanning application. Mm. But when I connect it with USB to my camera, um, my files come instantly into Lightroom and there I can do edits. And, and that's actually really nice because if I'm um, scanning really old formats or color negatives, which are really tricky to convert, it's mm. like one of the hardest things I have to do, um, the software makes that easier. Um, so that's that's really convenient. Wow. Ah, awesome. And just as a side, are you going to be doing covering that in your course? <laughs> I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm about... Um, 
I'm about 90% of the way done the course. There's just a few lessons that I need to record and wrap up. And so that will include everything from how to pick out your gear to how to set it up and how to scan virtually every kind of, um, you know, ref what I call reflective media things. You can just see like prints and albums and scrapbooks. Mm -hmm. And then on the transmissive side, which is all the slides and negatives, something you need to look at, you know, and with a, with a light source to see. Um, I go through all of that, even even just kind of wacky out there, rare formats. Um, yeah, I cover it all. So excited to bring that to the world. And the other thing that I would say about camera scanning is, you know, this is not for everybody, right? Um, I don't want to try to pitch camera scanning to the, everybody in the DIY crowd. It's definitely a more expensive setup. Um, yeah. You know, you, you probably spend a couple thousand dollars getting all of the lights and camera and equipment. Mm -hmm. um, so it depends on how big your project is. Uh, a lot of my clients will have, you know, at least five to 10,000 photos that they want scanned, maybe more. Um, and so that can be expensive, right? Mm -hmm. It's a big project. So a couple thousand on scanning versus maybe a couple thousand on equipment. And, you know, you people have to weigh out what makes sense. But um, uh, it can be a DIY project if you're up for it. Or it could be, you know, maybe you scan your own like simple things such as prints uh, but then yep. for the more obscure formats, mm. um, you know, old negatives, glass plates, tin types, whatever you might have, uh, slides, things like that, that you're struggling with, maybe you kind of split the difference and then find somebody to help you with some of those other ones. Mm. Yeah, that sounds okay. very good. Fiona, you're the scanner here, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love it all too. I just, I find it fascinating. But again, look, I mean, the whole goal of why you would scan is is the end yeah. result that you know where yeah. I think the three of us are all you know on that same page <laughs> of of the um of the purpose the reason you know mm. why go to all this trouble or you know look into some of these options and um and really ultimately so that we can you know enjoy these and 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 share them with loved ones that can appreciate what's in the actual you know mm. the content of the of what we're yeah. seeing watching or hearing as as you say adam yeah that's right um, and and sitting in a box in the basement doesn't do it no, right you've got to no. we live in a pretty digital world and so it's great to be able to not only preserve those but that also accelerates the sharing yes. um which is really great I love yeah. the sharing part. That's yeah. always good. So in practical terms, um, you know, for our listeners who tend to be the do-it-yourself um, scanners or photo managers, uh, when they want to start converting old files or formats, which format, is there a specific format that you would say focus on that first, go for that? Yeah, uh, there's a couple different ways to think about that. The, my first recommendation broadly, before we even talk about one format, is uh, just gather everything together. Mm -hmm. Because when you do it in little bits and, and you know, fits and starts, uh, it can be hard to understand how big the project actually is. And it kind of snowballs mm -hmm. and grows. Mm -hmm. So my suggestion is to gather everything up front so you know what you're in for. And that way, if you have some surprise formats that you're not sure how to deal with, then maybe that's where you could divide the project and say, okay, I'll take the prints and I'll find somebody to help me with some of the odd stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So I think gathering is really important up front. And then within that, my other recommendation is uh, try to do like media together. So for example, if you were going back and forth between like prints and slides, prints and slides, mm. 
it would just be inefficient, right? Mm -hmm. it, it would kind of drive you a little crazy. So whichever format you start with, just get all of that done up front mm -hmm. and then move on to the next format because it might require a different scanner or a different light source or a different setup or, you know, whatever. But just doing like media together will make the process more efficient. Um, and then finally, to actually answer your question about where do you start? Those are the broad, the broad things I think about. But one of the places to start might be the oldest material. Um, mm -hmm. If it's delicate, if it's fragile, if you're concerned about mold or aging or th anything like that, mm -hmm. um, you might start with the old stuff. And especially if you need help from, you know, relatives or grandparents to see who's in those photos, mm -hmm. um, do that now before right. you can't do that anymore, right? Get yeah. those stories, yeah. share those photos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what would be some of the most delicate ones? So if you're saying start with those, what would they kind of, what's your experience of what they would be or what they look like? Yeah. So um, let's see a couple of categories. These are pretty rare, but if anybody has glass plate negatives, um, that would be one, to, <clears throat> excuse me, that would be one to start with. Most negatives that we're all familiar with are made out of some kind of plastic or polyester. Mm -hmm. um, but the first film negatives were actually made on plates of glass, which, if you think about it, it's pretty heavy, pretty delicate. Yeah. Um, I was actually just scanning some of those last night. Um, and you really have to be careful with them to, to preserve them. So that would be a delicate mm -hmm. one that I would want to mm -hmm. keep um, safe. And then ironically, prints don't hold up very well. So if I have a print photograph and I have the negative of that same uh, mm -hmm. photo, uh, yeah, of that same photo, mm -hmm. generally the negative is going to have aged better. It'll decay less um, yeah. in terms of color and things like that. So if you only have a print, I would prioritize scanning the print mm -hmm. before it yellows or fades or anything like that. That's really interesting yeah. because, you know, intuitively one would think the negative is more delicate and not holding up mm. that well. That's that's interesting. Yes. Yeah, it's it, with the film, you know, with negatives, uh, you do want to be careful with them, right? Yeah. You don't want to yeah. touch them with your bare hands and all of that kind of stuff. Mm. You do want to, you know, take good care of them, but they tend to age pretty well. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And, and as um, you said before, camera scanning, and I'm aware of it that it's not for everyone, but you say that's faster than scanning negatives on a flatbed, right? Uh, absolutely. Um, I, I love efficiency, um, and I've scanned as many as 800 negatives an hour Wow. Um, with wow. my camera scanning rig. And so when I have clients with large projects, it's nice that they don't have to wait months and months to get this stuff back, right? We can yes. do it and get really good quality really quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and frankly, sometimes with the client projects that I'm working on, sometimes the, the motivations for these projects are sad reasons, right? Mm -hmm. They're funerals, yeah. they're people who are ill or people who, you know, um, are losing, you know, mm -hmm. their, their, their cognitive function and their memory and things like that. So you don't want to sit around and wait for months for that. Um, it's nice to be able to deliver that quickly so mm -hmm. people who want to enjoy them still can. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Um, so on a on a lighter note, as far as yeah. finding and and uh, <laughs> discovering some of the mysteries and secrets and exciting sort of 
moments and and things like that you know you've obviously had a lot of seen a lot of media go through your um your hands as far as digitizing and different clients and things or even your own um what are some of the funny or interesting discoveries or something that you've found um that you can share with us in converting that people might say oh okay that's inspired me that i'm gonna do this yeah so um i do love these projects and it's it's just fun what you discover um, I tend to like some of the more obscure slide formats. So some of those would be um, like Viewmaster Reels. Uh, these were originally toys back in uh, the 1930s. <laughs> and you could get professional photography or you could get like Disney characters and, and kind of entertainment content mm. like that. But there was also a possibility to take your own 35 millimeter film and have it uh, shoot it with a special camera, uh, which had two lenses, and it gave this cool 3D effect. And so oh, sometimes wow. I get to scan those, wow. which are really fun. And then I don't know, you, you guys will have to uh, educate me. I don't know if this is just an American phenomenon, but <laughs> in probably the 1970s and 1980s, um, little keychains were popular at like beaches and amusement parks. So somebody would take your photo in slide film format and then they cut it out real tiny and they put it in this little plastic enclosure and when you look through it you could see a photo of yourself have you guys seen those Hello? yes i have yeah yeah, yeah i've okay. seen those before yeah so it may be a regional <laughs> thing um but it's basically tiny little slide format and people would collect these right like every year they'd go to the same beach or something like that oh. and they'd have a collection <laughs> of them and so i've been able to scan those for clients again a very oh. obscure format hard to get a hold yeah. of but it can be done and it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of fun to recover those things yeah that's fantastic um, one, um, can, can I yeah, add one other story? Yeah, yes. Sure. <laughs> so this one's kind of a funny one and I have to be uh, delicate about how I uh, explain it. But <laughs> I work with so many clients and occasionally I have these really crazy moments where I will see somebody either from another client or somebody I know personally and they'll show up yes. in my client's photos <laughs> and I'll say, wait a minute, how does he know Peter or, oh, yeah. you know, whatever. So again, I want to be, you know, I need to retain confidentiality, but I may go back yes. and say, hey, so do you happen to know so-and-so? I noticed yes. them in your photo. Yes. And so it's just kind of fun to connect the dots and see how connected we are, where you're like, how in the world do these people know each other? So oh. kind of a, some fun surprises. You know, that actually in the same um, vein of confidentiality, that happened to me with one of my first ever scanning clients and I was like wow this is a small world yep. <laughs> it was uh it was just uh yeah it was amazing someone I'd gone to school with and it was just like wow isn't that oh, amazing wow. <laughs> just out of yeah you wouldn't read about it would you but but I guess you do <laughs> yeah that's fun yeah, it is a bit of fun. Um, so now as far as resources, you've got lots of great stuff, Adam, because you've been in, in this um, world, as you say, you know, not just in your own business, but just, you know, around your life in this area for so many different years and, and your other work outside of your own business. Um, but you've got some great resources and great training courses that I'd just love to share with our listeners as well. Um, 
as far as what you do now some of the resources resources that you've got um, it's great for us as photo organizers and I just think it's really a fabulous tool possibly mm -hmm. even for people to to look at that are wanting to sort of jump into this with their own stuff some of the things that I love that you've got are these visual guides um, and because you're very process driven um, and and I think this is just sort of tools that you use for yourself that you've thought, oh, you know, maybe other people might like this. Um, that's totally think, right. Yep. Yeah, I'm, sol and, and I'm solving my own problems first, and then I realize, <laughs> again, I'm not the only person with this problem. Yes, <laughs> exactly, and I think that's why they're so helpful because it has been a journey of, you know, you going through it. Um, so some of the things that I'd like to, you know, point that out is, that there's some visual guides that you've got um, and, and you know, we're going to put these links up and people can go to them themselves, but um, they're just such a rich resource and you've mm. got, you know, great details. And I love the way that you just said before when we sort of first started chatting about um, even to think of it from what you see, what you watch and what you hear. I, it's just a nice, uh, you know, visual mm. view. Um, but these these guides, can you just talk through a little bit about what they are and and how um, yeah, just sort of this the visual guide to and what people can sort of find from your um, your tools on your website? Yeah, absolutely. So it goes back to a little bit of the vocabulary issue, right? People will have different photo formats or videotapes. They don't even know what they're called. Um, yeah. and they, they, they just don't have the vocabulary and I even know this stuff. And sometimes I get confused about it, which one's this size and all of that stuff. So I got tired of that. And so I built these visual guides. One of the things I like because I'm so visual is I designed these digital posters, uh, and a book that accompanies it. Um, so that everything is actual size. So you can read about it, you can read the history, the dates, the formats, the read the dimensions, but then if you have a certain videotape, you can just hold it up to the poster or to you know, the book or whatever, and it's actual size. Um, so it's just a nice visual identification. Mm -hmm. And that helps me and the people I work with just understand what we have. And so if I have this certain videotape, is there 30 minutes of content on here, 60 minutes? Or maybe there's six hours, right? Like yeah. <laughs> figuring all of that out is, you know, is really helpful for all of us. So just identifying that material mm -hmm. was really my goal. Um, and so that's where the, the visual guides in the book uh, come in. And true, true story, I, I use my own book almost every day. You'd think I'd have this stuff memorized by now, but <laughs> I, I look stuff up. What's on page 36? When was this introduced? How big is it? You know, just looking that stuff up. So I, yeah, like I said, I, I made it for myself first and realized that some other folks might benefit from it. Yeah. And, and I think too, for people that are doing this themselves and they're looking at, um, say, you know, getting into converting their own media and, and, um, looking at that you know i think this is a great resource for people in that category because then they can say you know you're saying we gather everything together and then we look at our like my um our, our media you sort of pick one first and and go with that but if they then you know it definitely suggests that they check it out and have a look the book is fabulous mm. um because they can then say okay so okay these are different types of tapes and so when they're calling yeah. up for quotes in their local area or something like that 
they've got an idea of what they've you know what they're mm-hmm. going to or they can look on websites as to who does what and sort of get some ideas of costs yep. um, and where to start uh, mm. so it's a great resource for that yeah and it's it's tricky because you know let's take some of the videotape formats from the 1980s and 1990s there happen to be three formats that all look identical like they're the exact same size but they're different um and some of those tapes are going to play in some cameras and they're not going to play in others and you know if if yeah especially if you're going to tackle this yourself you don't want to go find a video camera spend a hundred bucks on this and realize oh it doesn't work right you've got to have that you've got to think through that compatibility and stuff um it's not rocket science right but you don't want to be surprised and so Having all that laid out and compared, I think is I think is helpful as you as you tackle those projects. I just had another thought too about you know we we convert these old media formats to new ones so that we can preserve it um, and pass it on and share the stories. What do you do about the redundancy of formats? So because you know technology changes quickly. So today a format that's that's the format that we all use might not exist anymore in 20 years there will be a new format so how do you how do you approach that yeah so that is tricky because uh, I have been unable to predict the future <laughs> so, <laughs> really uh, oh, come on <laughs> it is it is tricky so and and i actually break down and break down that problem into two categories at first glance it can look like just one problem what format but it's actually mm-hmm. two problems one is the format that we're converting to or scanning to or whatever mm-hmm. the second problem is how we're storing it right mm-hmm. so so for example, um, like in the, let's see, uh, mid 1990s, late 1990s, the zip disc format was really popular. Mm. Uh, it wasn't a very good format, but it was popular <laughs> at the time. Um, and there's nothing really wrong with it per se. And those discs could still work, but it is virtually impossible to find a reader and all the adapters to connect it to a modern computer. Mm -hmm. So even if you had the right formats, let's say you had JPEG files on that disk, Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with the format, but you also have to think about how are you storing Mm -hmm. it? So we need to think about potentially reconverting our files over time. Mm -hmm. And and with that in mind, we always want to preserve the highest quality, right? We don't want to dumb that down. We want good quality in case we have to convert it again in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also need to think about the the storage is separate and that's going to change, right? We all used to use CDs and DVDs. Mm -hmm. I haven't haven't burned one of those in years. (laughs) Um, And so... So that changes. My sister recently joked that the only DVD player their family has is in the minivan, right? They, they don't even have one in the house anymore. So if the girls yes. want to watch Disney DVDs, they have to go on a road trip. Um, so those, the, how we store it also changes, and we just need to keep on top of it. Yeah, yeah. So that would then be once it's converted, it's about maintenance. Yeah. And obviously yeah, that's that, not something, you know, you don't need to reconvert every other year. It's not moving that fast, um, I think. Mm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, okay. That's something yeah, to keep be. in mind too. And and yeah. that yeah. also goes back to, you know, really invest in good quality and maybe don't use the phone app <laughs> if you want good yeah. quality. But do the, that's the right. thing, you know, if you go through all that trouble, do it properly. Totally. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's really good um, because, you know, just as a as another point to be aware of with the conversion and the storage, sort of seeing it as two different things. Because, I mean, even those DVDs, you know, that we would do all our backup on the DVDs, I find when I'm converting for people um, that, that they, they're a real problem. They don't last long, those DVDs. Do you find that too, Adam? I do. And I feel terrible because so frequently I have to tell clients who, for some reason, thought this was going to last forever that it didn't. Um, I actually, way back when, I actually used to work in the CD-ROM industry. So I know a ton about the technology behind this. And without completely boring you, I will, I'll jump to the punchline and say a lot of these discs can decay um, within 18 months, right? People wow. thought they were going to last 100 years. And within a year or two, they can start to become unreadable. Um, and the and the trick with the discs, especially is, it's not like, uh, it's not like a record, you know, back in the day, mm -hmm. where you could scratch it, but still listen to most of the songs. Mm -hmm. When a, when a disc starts to decay, you're going to lose all of it, like you're not going to get half the data off of it, it's just not going to work mm -hmm. anymore. And so my experience is when I'm converting client optical discs like CDs and DVDs, uh, on average, about 20% of those fail. Oh, so, man. Wow. So that's just motivation. Mm. Don't wait. Yes. Even though it's digital Please. and you think it's going to, yeah, we think that's going to last forever. Is mm -hmm. not. Get it converted to a hard drive and then get it backed up today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good, that's a very good note. <laughs> it is. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be putting that on some social media posts for people. Don't wait. Don't wait. Yeah. It's true though. Yeah, I mean, we can, is. you know, we're in, we're in this world and we're around it all the time and we love it. But um, it's when people realize that they've lost it, that then mm -hmm. they say, oh, I just wish, or I wish I'd known, or I thought that it would have been okay. Or, mm -hmm. You know, we we just have to be the pioneers for them to say, come on, you can do it. And it's, you know, it doesn't have to, I mean, look, we're doing it because these are precious memories. These mm. are, they're precious, they're precious moments that are captured. And um, yeah, so yeah, the joy that people have. Mm. So Adam, before we wrap up today, so how can people find you if they want to learn more and what you offer or maybe get one of these guides that we mentioned or something else that you've got on offer, how can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So I've tried to consolidate all of my guides, the book, the online courses, um, all in one place. So folks could visit my website. It's chaos2memories.com, just the phrase chaos2memories.com slash tools. So that's where I put all my tools and resources. Uh, there's a newsletter you could sign up for to kind of stay in touch. Mm -hmm. And um, the new courses that I'll be launching, hopefully this next one will be available in about a week, um, uh, real soon here. And uh, all of that will be in one place. Awesome. That sounds Fantastic. very exciting. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely put all those details in the show notes. Um, but look, we would just love to say thank you so much for joining us today, Adam. It's been um, I knew that it would be a lovely chat, and it has been. It's just been such a joy to have you on um, the DIY Photo Organizing Podcast. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate the connection with you guys, and I appreciate the work that you do to bring uh, what you do to your audience. It's, uh, as we've said so many times, we're really passionate about this. I come from it, uh, come at it from the technology angle, but the real motivation is 
the stories, the memories, and sharing those with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun to be a part of what you guys are doing. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful. So um, thanks for listening in today. And um, as always, we will pop all the details in the show notes. And don't forget, um, leave us a review or always welcome to hear feedback and any questions that you'd like us to cover going forward um, just on our social media channels or emailing us, um, contacting us directly. Um, I am Fiona from Photo Helper. And I'm Chantal from Photos in Order. And thanks again for tuning in and happy photo organizing. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks again, Adam. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.